0: And welcome back, everybody, for another exciting installment of the <laughs> Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I say exciting by faith, just assuming it's going to be exciting as always. Yes, and, let's make it exciting. Uh, this is Nate Johnstone and Paul Anderson here with you, and we are probably wrapping up a series on the next great move of God, the coming move of God that we believe is is here. We are we are at the door. I think. Yeah. Historically, I think people will look back and say it started in maybe even before 2020, actually. It depends on what starting is, Mm -hmm. but definitely now. And it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Christian.
1: Very exciting.
0: And sometimes when you look out, things look more scary than they do exciting. Terribly
1: difficult. Terribly
0: difficult. But that's also fairly like God to bring great joy in the midst of great sorrow. Doesn't that sound like something God would do? Yes. And so I, I am humbled and thankful in these days and also feel like a kid on Christmas Eve.
1: God is not thrown by what is throwing us. Yes. By what is challenging us to the core. I wouldn't have believed that it would happen in America, the yeah. things that are happening in America. There are foreign exchange students who are here, graduate students, who are shocked because this was their example of what a nation was. Mm-hmm. And now they're seeing us do worse things that are happening in their nation. And they're saying, how can this be? And they're shocked that, yep. it, that it is actually happening. Yeah. And they're very sad for us. Mm-hmm. So am I. <laughs> yeah. And so we talked about uh, one of the principles of revival last time and I want to name a few others I had shared that God uses little people it's God's mm-hmm. way that not many of you are wise according to the world standards First Corinthians 2
0: uh, God which has sounds it right. like a big diss mm. not many of you are smart but uh, I mean he says wise not smart but still it doesn't sound like a compliment but he is saying it complimentary
1: yes he certainly is So he used William Seymour to bring a massive revival that changed the face of the church for the rest of our life on earth. I want to say a couple other things about revival. One is that we cannot bring revival without God, but God doesn't bring revival without us. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's up to him, but it's not just up to him. And that was what offended me I'll say I was offended. I, sh- I didn't have a right to be offended. But I didn't pray for revival because I thought people were delegating it to God. Mm-hmm. As if this is something God would do and I don't have to do anything. And I've met people who've done that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you say, we want people to get saved, for example. We need to do evangelism. No, we're just praying for revival. When revival comes, people will get saved. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but what are you doing in the meantime? Nothing. That's not okay.
1: No, that's not okay. So, it's a combination we can't do it without God, and He won't do it without us. We
0: are co-workers.
1: I can't get over that statement. Lately, I've just been meditating on that. We are co laborers with God. How kind of God to call us to team up with Him. Incredible. And that helps me to understand Jonah. Why didn't he just say later on this flake and do it himself? Right. He could have done it himself. Forgot something right. else, but he doesn't do it himself. Yeah. How will they hear without a preacher? There, there are pe- preachers that go so that the word can be shared. And God uses human available vessels to do his work. So that's the way of God that uh, we can't do without him and he won't do without us. So God went after Jonah. He was gonna go as far away as he could. and God caught up with him and brought him home and he did his thing and then God did his thing. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful truth is that we often see two different groups in revival encounters. We see people who are gifted to talk to God about people, and then we see people who are gifted to talk to people about God. And there are yeah. often two different groups. Mm-hmm. For instance, we've talked about Peggy and Christine. They couldn't leave their home in the he- Hebrides Island. They, they were... Uh, homebound, because uh, they were invalid and blind, and all they did was pray. But that's what was needed, mm-hmm. to stir up the spirit of revival. And at one point, they said to their pastor, it's time to bring Duncan Campbell, because revival which, is... Which
0: they had heard from the Lord.
1: Yes. Yeah. Revival is coming right now. We're ready. And so bring revival.
0: So Duncan B- Campbell... good on the pastor, by the way, for... Doing that. Pardon? Good on the pa- good job on the pastor's part for listening to these two little old ladies. Yes. 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 Which to me says either God spoke to him as well, or he knew God was strong in these women's life. Maybe he had even sensed it. Mm-hmm. Um, because let, let's be, let's be honest, your average pastor isn't going to let listen to shoot two shut-in ladies saying, "Yeah, now, 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 preacher, we think you should call this man named Duncan <laughs> Campbell." I have his information somewhere. You know, are, no. That's right. That's not going to happen. That's he right. does it.
1: That's right. In fact, before he did that, they said we need to increase our prayer efforts at the church because God's going to bring revival. So he started a prayer meeting
0: at the church because of that. Is that the one in the barn? I don't know. Yeah, there was. There was one that they used to meet in the barn, maybe this one was at the church, and there was one point I remember in the story that where the pastor, and there was only like seven or eight people there, but they were all praying together, and the building shook like in the book of Acts. Mm. Like the pots and pans rattled the whole nine yards. God shook Mm -hmm. the whole building, just like in the book of Acts. Mm. And one of the guys there, this like, you know, big, beefy, macho guy, was sort of like, all right, folks, this is serious. God is going to do something. He needs us to pray. And they started praying even more, and then it was that was pretty short, pretty shortly before Duncan came. Okay. And so God does that. He raises people up. And I think we're in that day now in many of your cities and places. We are in the day where God is raising people up to pray. And he calls people in different ways and he uses different means to do it. Maybe this podcast is yours right now. And if you're called to pray, You don't have to be the evangelist. You don't
1: have to hit the streets. If that's your call, do it. Daniel Nash, you know about Daniel Nash. He prayed for Charles Finney. In fact, Charles sent him ahead of time to pray, sometimes two weeks before, to get things ready. And he was so important to Charles Finney that when he died, Charles Finney quit revival and went back and became a pastor. I can't imagine Charles Finney being a pastor. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's what he did, after Daniel Nash, because he he relied. He knew that while his name was out in front, it was really Daniel Nash that made things happen.
0: I did the work, yeah.
1: His prayers. So you've got those who are going to talk to God about people, and if you're one of those, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Don't don't feel like you have to be out in front. You don't need to be out in front. We need you doing what you are doing, so that maybe some of us can do what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. I know I'm called to preach and so are you. We're called to be out there in front of For a while
0: we've been doing both. That's right. We've been praying because God called us to pray and we also talk to people about God folks. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things we've done and you could consider if you're listening and you're like I feel that I'm called to pray for this. uh, Try to find some other people who have been called to pray for this. We did that Mm -hmm. a number of times. Not only did we create small teams that met regularly but there were a number of times especially four or five years ago where we had big groups come, 20, 30 people. We're going to spend a couple hours praying for a revival. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? And we had 20, 30 people come. A lot of folks Mm -hmm. from North Heights, a lot of folks from some other places. And we had several of those meetings here and people prayed. And it was, something happened, something got accomplished in each of those meetings. So there is power in gathering together with other people to pray. So if, if you're one of the pray folks you may consider talking to some friends, trying to talk to church, find out some other folks who feel called to pray for this because there's power in gathering together. There's power in unity.
1: Yes. And I am hoping that our time of praying now is receding because our time of preaching is coming. For you and I, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, we're gonna see some breakthroughs starting real soon so that we can do more proclamation. And I'm sure God has touched all kinds of people around the country that will be praying and believing for this Mm -hmm. revival.
0: Yep. I think there are probably more talk to God about people folks than talk to people about God folks, if I had to say which one is a bigger group. I hope so. Numbers wise.
1: I hope hope that that's true. It's
0: the need. But also when we say, you know, talk to people about God, we're not, just talking about preachers no. and platform evangelists. We're talking about um, guys and gals who talk to people about God. That's it. Your friend, your neighbor, your co-worker. Uh, I think of, we got a guy in our church, I don't think he'd, he would mind me using his name, Steve Harris, who is very gifted at talking to people about God. Yes, he is. It, it's, it's, it, he's good at it. He has a gift. And he has exercised faith and boldness in stepping out to actually do that, which is the hard part and the scary part. Um, and he has done a good job at that. And so I think that is something that we should all think and pray about. And when we say, you know, some people are called to more of an intercessory role where others are more of an evangelistic role, that's not to say that we don't all do both. We definitely do. Everyone is called to intercede. Everyone is called to tell people about Jesus. That That is something all of us are called to do. That's very clear in Scripture. But there there's a tendency to major, so to speak, on one or the other. And to sort of focus, uh, just usually based on your gifting, Uh on one or the other, but we're all called to do both. So we're all called to pray, and we're all called to talk to people about about Jesus. And that doesn't mean the like, you know, do you know Jesus as your savior kind of discussion necessarily. It just means telling people your own story, your own testimony, saying, well, this, you know, I've been in I've been in the same kind of place you are now, and this is what happened to me is that God really helped me out of it. Um, those kind of testimonies can be really, really powerful. It doesn't just come from people on a platform and that's that's one of the things I think is going to change actually in this Third Great Awakening is the the American Church has become very platform focused, platform centric, I think. And I think you're going to see hopefully more and more ministry happening outside of those sort of official meeting contexts where you the, the body of Christ will really be empowered to know where, where do you work? Well, you're not called to quit your job and become a missionary. You're called to be the pastor or the evangelist or the teacher in your office building, and that's your calling. So start praying for your little flock and start figuring out how do you care for them? How do you help them? How do you, how do you meet their needs? And if, if the body of Christ really got that understanding that we are all called to, to minister in our own context and in where God has called us to be, then uh, the kingdom would expand far faster Because there's only so many pastors, right? If there's a hundred people in your church, there's probably only one pastor. Let's say there's two. So that's two people versus a hundred. You can get a lot more done with a hundred people than with just two. Which is why my philosophy of ministry is that pastors are supposed to be more coaches than anything else. We train and encourage everybody else to do the work of the gospel and to be Jesus' hands and feet everywhere they go. And so we're all called to all of those things, but many of us will have a, a an inclination or a skill or an experience that pushes us more towards the prayer aspect or more towards the evangelism aspect, and that that is a good thing. And I encourage everybody to be praying these days, and if if there's something you're praying for, praying for your kids to have that relationship with Jesus, and maybe they're just not quite there yet, Maybe you have a prodigal in your house or in your family. Maybe you have somebody who needs to be healed. Maybe you have somebody who needs a financial breakthrough. Whatever it is that you are in need of, I encourage you to just double down on your prayer in these days. I think think there is an anointing on the days we're in and the days ahead for prayers being answered in a way that most of us have never seen in our life. And so I encourage you... Ask yourself, are there, are there old prayers that maybe you stopped praying, that you need to start praying again? Um, are there people who need healing and you've prayed for healing a bunch of times and it hasn't happened, so you just sort of stopped and figured, well, God doesn't want to heal them, I guess. Uh, that might not be true. Sometimes we just have to pray a number of times. Um, And I think the day there's a special grace, a special anointing coming uh, very soon where a lot of these prayers are going to start getting answered. And so I really encourage you to pray and get back into praying, keep bringing those things up before the Lord, and to find some other folks. Maybe it's, you know, two or three. Moms who are friends and you all have kids kind of college age just get together every once in a while or on the phone or something like that or zoom or something and pray for your kids stand in faith agree with one another you know the prayer of agreement with two or three believers is a very powerful thing that the church I don't know a lot of them have forgotten about I think and it's really important and powerful and so get together with a few people pray for those things pray for revival in your town pray for a move of God in your church. All it takes is two or three people in a church to start praying and praying and praying for God to radically transform that church, to revive people, to start bringing people in, to start bringing people to Jesus. All it takes is two or three people in a church. And if it grows beyond two or three people, that's great. <laughs> Obviously, that's great. Um, but it, you don't have to have a giant group to start. God loves the small stuff. He loves, he loves the small groups. He loves the unknown people and the unknown places and the unknown churches. Yeah, that's, that's his M.O. if you look throughout history and throughout the Bible. And so it only takes two or three. So if you are one, all you need to do is find one more in your church who will stand with you in prayer. You can do that. You can find one more person. And when I say you can find, what I actually mean by that is pray and ask the Lord, who is the other person? And there might be more than one, but pray and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I want you to move in my church. Who should I talk to about it? And ask him, and he will show you, he will make it clear who it is that you should talk to in the church, just about getting it together every once in a while and praying. Maybe there's already a prayer meeting that happens regularly at your church. That's true with a lot of churches. Um... You might show up and, and try it, and people aren't really interested in praying along these lines, which is okay. You don't need to force that or, or try to get them to change to be what you want to do, which is why I'm saying just pray about who to ask. Find one or two people and just start doing it. Just start doing it. Tell the pastor, tell whoever else, hey, I want you to know we're praying for, for God to really move in this church, for people to come to Jesus. We're praying for that. We're really, really believing for that to start happening. And keep doing it. Uh, The the days are coming where where that kind of activity and that kind of prayer is going to have a massive, massive impact on churches and on towns and on places where God is about to move because it prepares the way, it prepares the soil for God to do something. And in many cases, I think some of the first places and churches to get hit by this coming wave, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit are going to be the places that are already prepared. There may be some, some surprises as well. But I think a lot of it is going to be places that um, sort of have prepared their hearts, prepared the ground, so to speak, like Charles Finney used to do, sending out Daniel Nash to pray it up before he even showed up. And so I encourage you to do that. If you have other questions, other thoughts, maybe you you have a specific situation and you'd like to see God move in your church or you'd love to see revival and you're, you're not sure what to do, email us. Questions at tcwkcast.com. Let us know uh, what it is we can pray for you for. Let us know if there's any way we can help. Or if you want to get any more information, tons of information about revival, about the history of it, that sort of thing. Uh, We would love to be able to send that to you and to connect with you. And so just let us know. And if you have questions about this or about any other topic, please let us know those questions, things you might want us to cover on a podcast. And we love to do that. So let us know um, if there's anything that you would like to cover. And I'm going to close this in prayer now. There's a lot more that we could talk about regarding, you know, this whole topic of the coming move of God and revival and the Great Awakening and all these things. Um, and I think we will talk about it again in the near future and kind of give you updates too on, on what's happening um, in our neck of the woods here in the Twin Cities. We would love to hear about what's happening in your neck of the woods as well. So please let us know. But let's, let's close in prayer now. I know some of us, Father, feel a tug on our heart. We feel like maybe we are called to pray. Maybe we are called to start talking to other people but we're not sure what to do, we're not sure what that means. So if you're if you're feeling a kind of tug towards this stuff, a t- tug towards prayer, or just a, an attraction towards what we're talking about, I think that's probably the Holy Spirit telling you that there's something here for you. You need to pay attention to this. And by here, I don't mean us. I mean Him, God. God may want you to be one of those, like the little old ladies in the Hebrides, Who took a stand and just prayed and they changed the whole island for god because of what they did and that might be you and so lord for the people who feel they may be called or at least feel that tug i pray that you would bless them and i pray that you would speak to them and show them what it is you're calling them to do if there are people that they should contact and talk to keep bringing those people back into their mind over and over and over and over and over again oh i should really talk to her about this i should really talk to her about this And keep bugging them (laughs) until they do it and say, hey, I've, I've been feeling led lately to pray about this. I haven't really done that before. And then see what the other person says. And I think a lot of people would be surprised of how many people God is talking to these days about the same stuff. I'll bet you there's already people, other people besides yourself, that God is tugging on in your church, in your town, in your job. God's already tugging on other people. And so you just need to ask the Lord to help you find each other. That's it. And then you pray together and you encourage one another and you're going to see stuff start to happen soon. So Father, I pray for that guidance. I pray for the boldness to step out and to find uh, somebody to stand with them in prayer. I pray for the boldness to step out and maybe they're one of the talk to people about God folks. To pray for the boldness to step out and just start Sharing some testimonies. When people bring up the difficulties in their life, you can share the difficulties in your life and how God helped bring you out of that. And that you can give people uh, a greater sense of the need to do that with their neighbors and their friends and their coworkers and their classmates. Not in a way that is brash or annoying but in a way that's conversational and friend friendly and loving and i pray that there that you would anoint those conversations and those relationships father god uh, the days are coming soon when many of us are going to have those kind of people maybe people we've prayed for for years without seeing any change maybe people we least expect but we're going to a lot of us are going to have people coming to us regularly saying i need to talk to you and they've got something in their life going on and they feel somehow that you're the one they need to bring it to, you're the one they need to talk to, you're the one they need to maybe get advice from, or maybe just commiserate with them about this issue. And of course what they're feeling is the Holy Spirit drawing them, and he's drawing them to you, he's connecting them to you. And many of you are already experiencing this now, and most of us are going to be experiencing a lot of this stuff um, in the days ahead. God is going to continually bring people to us. And even if you're not one of the normal evangelistic types, that's still one of those instances where it doesn't matter if you're greatly gifted with evangelism or sharing or speaking, God's still going to use you because it's about the Holy Spirit in those kind of moments. Think of Moses. God said, I'm calling you, Moses, to lead my people and speak to Pharaoh and all this kind of stuff. Moses says, uh, I can't do that. I'm not good at speaking. He, he had a speech impediment and he had a fear of it. He did not like it. And God said, guess what? That does not disqualify you. (laughs) You're doing it anyway. And so even if it's not our gift and it's not something we're great at, when we're called to it, we'll do it anyway. And God will be in it. And so I bless you with those conversations and those relationships that you will rely on God and not on your own strength. You won't worry about your own skill or level of experience, but you'll put your trust in God and just lead people to the Savior who's waiting for them with open arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us, folks, on The Things Christians Want to Know. And we'll see you next week. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.